Welcome to the Daily Devotion with Pastor Terry Reynolds. It's so good to be with you today as we continue along in the story of the gospel. Today, as we left off yesterday with the three wise men appearing on the scene, as we continue along in the uh, gospel of Matthew chapter 2, we're actually in verse 2. And so where the magi, the wise men, had come from the east inquiring of Herod or asking Herod of all the people where he was to be born, king of the Jews. Where's Jesus going to be born? For they said, we have seen a star in the east and come to worship him. And the star of Bethlehem we like to refer to is something that the astronomers have tried to figure out just what it was. Some have suggested that it was a crossing of the planet Jupiter and Saturn that took place in 6 BCs. Others believe that it was a it could have been a supernova, but neither of these really do explain to us and, and give us the understanding because we find that when they left Herod, the star stood over Bethlehem. Thus, I believe, and I, certainly the only way we can really understand this, that it was supernatural. God's in control. And if the Lord wanted to use a star to announce where, to them where Jesus was, well, you know, I think that he's able to do that. And that's all you really need to do, is to, or what we could say about it. It was a supernatural guiding star that these men had followed and that had led them actually to Bethlehem. So Herod, of course, when we remember Herod yesterday, was a, a genius, crazy man that described him at best. He says, and all of Jerusalem were, were really troubled over these men. We hear of these three wise men, but of course there's nowhere in scriptures that we say three wise men. They could only been they could certainly could have been many, many more than just three, and the coming with all the accompaniment of people with them, they probably really did create quite a stir in Jerusalem. Usually they say three because there was three gifts the gold, the frankincense, the myrrh. We don't know how many men that they were, but it did create a, really a stir in Jerusalem. And so they gathered together the religious leaders, as we, as we could tell, and Scripture tells us here, the tree, chief priests, scribes, and demanded, where was the Messiah going to be born? And they declared that it was in Bethlehem of Judea, and they quoted from the prophet Micah, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, we read, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the province of Israel, for out of thee shall come he who rules my people, whose going forth has been from old and from everlasting, the Eternal One, who has always existed from old and from everlasting, will be born in Beth Bethlehem of Judea. You know, I find it's interesting that he is to be born in Bethlehem. But as we follow through here in chapter 2, he will come out of Egypt, will know, know him or be known as a Nazarene, or he will, be known, will also be known as, as a Nazareth. So it's interesting enough. He is to be born in Bethlehem, come out of Egypt, and be known as a Nazarene. Yeah, all those are prophecies that would seem to be a pro have been a problem in just one person fulfilling them. The odds are huge. How could it be that 
that this person would be born in Bethlehem, come out of Egypt, and yet is a Nazarene. It created a problem later. Remember, as they came and they questioned Jesus as to whether or not he might be the Messiah, a part of the part of the argument in rejecting him as the Messiah was the fact that he was known as Jesus of Nazareth. And they said, search the scriptures, nothing in scriptures about the Messiah coming out of Galilee. Yet we find out and we know he got to be he was to be born and we saw there in Micah that he had to be born in Bethlehem. But eventually but down the road, they did realize that he was indeed born in Bethlehem. It's interesting also to me that although Herod was extremely interested in the birth of this child, the religious leader didn't seem to have any concern. He was, you know, Herod, to say the least, was so cold, so callous, so far from God, though they were the religious leaders of the nations all around them that you think that they would be the first to go to Bethlehem to find a child, but they, they had the scriptures right in front of them that they might worship him also. But you know, isn't it a very sad indictment, very incited, a sad indictment of the religious leaders of that day? I think it's extremely sad of the religious leaders of our day, how they missed the mark. And they'll talk about everything else in the world other than the person of Jesus and how they missed how the, these religious leaders missed the birth of Jesus. It's true about this time in history. Many Jews were looking for the Messiah. As you remember, they had not only the this and Micah, the prophecy concerning Jesus, but they had the book of Daniel. And from the uh, book of Daniel, uh, there's a time of the commandment. It tells us to restore and rebuild, uh, rebuild Jerusalem in Daniel chapter 9. To the coming of Messiah, the prince, would be 69 years period or 483 years. They were approaching this time. And thus, I think they would be there, be excited. And of course, they were looking for the deliverance of Israel. They wanted deliverance. Why? Because they were in bondage to a foreign government, foreign power, which at this particular time was the Rome, Roman Empire. Herod, of course, was quite interested in finding Jesus, not to worship him, but to destroy him. Because he was wanting to destroy any threat to his reign. As I said, he killed his sons, as we talked about yesterday, and he felt they were in conspiracy against him, his sons were, and were trying to take over his throne, so they put him to death. The Romans authority said it, it was safer to be Herod's pig to be his, than to be his sons. He was putting his sons to death, but he wouldn't, but he wouldn't eat pork because that's against the rules, the religious rules of that day. Try to figure a guy like that. So he demanded where the Messiah was to be born, and they went to the scriptures, and they came up with the Micah, Micah, and the prophecy of the birth of Christ there in Micah. It tells us in verse seven. He says, "Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. Just when did the, you see this star? When when did it appear?" And he, as he inquired diligently. And he sent them to Bethlehem and says, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you found him, 
Bring me, bring word again <laughs> that I may come and worship in hall also. Well, not only was uh, you know Herod a, a murderer, but he was also a liar, wasn't he? He had no intention to go worship Jesus. Thus shows that it, it could not have been the, the you know the, the crossing of the planets of this because uh, which they saw in the east before them till they came and stood where the young child was. Otherwise, that, that star was being guided by God. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced and were exceedingly uh, filled with great joy. And here, of course, is where the tradition, traditional Christmas programs and Christmas cards, cards bring in a lot of confusion because we usually see the star above the manger. And the wise men with their camels, you know, you get the picture, standing with their gifts by the mangers, bringing them to this little babe, babe in the manger. But the wise men probably did not arrive until Jesus was per, perhaps a year old or more. By this time, they had moved out of the manger quite some time ago and were normally, I mean, they would have been in a house. And so when they had come into the house, it tells us they saw the young child. And that's verse 11. See how they came in a house. They didn't see the baby in a manger as your Christmas cards would indicate, indicate, but they saw the young child in a house and Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they brought presents unto him, uh, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What a beautiful picture, you know, bringing what they could to the Lord. Paul tells us that in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, that what we could bring to the Lord, that we each and every day we should bring our lives to him, that we should present our bodies unto the Lord as a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable service. Otherwise, it makes sense. What do you, what I, what do you mean by that, Pastor Terry? That each day we just simply say to the Lord, here I am, Lord. Please use me. Use me as you see fit. Lead me, guide me, as we give our gifts of our, of our talents unto the Lord. I don't think there's any greater gift we could give to the Lord other than our heart, in our love and our praise unto him, and then certainly our service. See, the gold represented the, the heavenly kingdom, the frankincense, the sweet fellowship with God. As John says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one, one with another. And he says, and then uh, we, the next what we see is the, the incense, is, of course, is the offered as the symbol of prayers of the saints. As we pray, as we offer up unto the Lord. And the myrrh, which used in embalming, spoke of his future death for our sins. Verse 12, it tells us, And then, being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. So we see how God, by the Holy Spirit, is overseeing these events. He warned them, otherwise the wise men, not to turn back to Herod, but not to reveal the whereabouts of the young child, and they returned to their own country another way. What, what great guys these were. Men of integrity, do what is right. And when they had departed, behold, behold, the angel of the Lord, again, the angel of the Lord, I believe, is Gabriel, directing the activities of the birth of Christ, all the way from when we were introduced to him in Zechariah, I mean, Luke chapter 2, concerned to Zechariah, then he came to Mary, and 
And certainly we see it all throughout with Luke, with the dreams that uh, Joseph had in Luke chapter uh, 2 there. But you know the thing is so beautiful? God is in control. And I hope that you're able to pull the, that out of the story as we're going through the early life of Jesus. That despite how difficult the situation is, because, you know, there is a bunch of mad men out there, aren't there? People that are doing things that are so carnal away from God. But even through the midst of calamity, remember, God is guiding us step by step as we go through this life. And so until next time, this is Pastor Terry. May God richly bless you. Thank you for taking part in today's program. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at terryreynolds at agapechapeloc.org. Again, that's terryreynolds at agapechapeloc.org. Or you can write us at Agape Chapel, P.O. Box 4023, Huntington Beach, California, 92647. May God richly bless you.